Forever in Electric Dreams and Blue and Green Radio present a 90s State of Mind podcast. Blue and Green Radio in a 90s state of mind. Welcome to blueandgreenradio.com. Uh, should we jump in? Should we jump into this thing? Sure. Let's get, let's get uh, going. So, you, um, as, as you would say, let, let's jump into this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks for doing this. I obviously, as always, always appreciate your time. Always love hanging out. Um, the purpose of this series of uh, the podcast is to basically... Um, uh, for me and to kind of connect with like-minded people uh, who uh, are in, uh, just enamored by the music of the 90s, uh, as I am. I'm, I'm a fiend for the 90s, and um, I'm loving the idea of sitting down with people like yourself and uh, having you pick a, a 90s album for us to kind of uh, explore and talk about. And you've gone so far out of the box with yours that I, I really love that what you've picked. You've definitely caught me off guard with it so that was i was super happy with what you picked so i mean do you want to do you want to set it up you want to introduce what your selection is so i can't remember what exactly set this off where i i was thinking about oh no actually no i i know exactly what started this so earlier on this year i was starting to get into i've it wasn't really getting into, but I had a hankering, like, uh, you, you know how you, you get nostalgic for like old foods and stuff like that. Right. And yeah. uh, no pun intended. I was becoming increasingly interested again in old DJ food records. And from that was doing a little bit of research about, uh, how, what DJ food was, I, uh, realizing that it was a moniker of cold cut pointed to the first thing that I really remembered about uh, cold cut that really stole, stuck out to me was their journeys by DJs mix 70 minutes of madness. And while listening to some old DJ food records, I started my mind started drifting and I was like, you know, I haven't listened to this cold cut mix in a while. And while listening to it, I was like, Oh, this is really good. I've completely forgot about this. And from there I decided to share it with you. Wasn't sure if that you had heard it. And also from that, I realized that it was celebrating its 25th uh, anniversary this year. And I was like, Oh, well, this might be an interesting conversation topic mm. and was also more interested by the fact that you have no experience, no real experience with this. No, not at all. I know who cold cut are. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, this uh, sort of this specific release was, um, uh, I guess, embarrassingly passed me by. And I say embarrassingly because you've, you've picked the album that is, hailed as the greatest dj mix of all time yeah which is in an incredible tag to have uh for for this for any project right right especially well considering throughout the 90s and early 2000s dj mixes were largely thought of as just sort of throw away uh background house music you know, house right. music mixes the idea of someone putting together a DJ mix that points to multiple genres and actually does a really good job of blending them together seamlessly was yeah. a completely 
unique concept back in the 90s. And I, I think it's something that is kind of taken for granted these days. Uh, yeah, I think that's 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 a great point. Um, I mean, it does. It's a you know, seventy minutes of madness is the other you know the official title for this, and yeah, it absolutely is. the The journey of of the project is is incredible. And the thing is, when you pitched it as a like you know the sort of the DJ mix aspect of it, I thought, what a great way to kind of just reconnect with with nineties music, you know, in terms of like, Oh, I'm looking forward to the nostalgia of, Oh, I know this, I know this, but so much of this, I didn't know. Yeah. This whole thing doesn't sound dated to me. There's nothing here that I can, it really doesn't. I like, I, I know a few things that, um, uh, from the, from the playlist, but there's so much, so many different aspects of it. And a lot of it is, is the first time I'm hearing it. And it doesn't really sound like a, like a nineties, project at times you know it sounds it sounds very fresh it sounds almost well, I don't know if I'd say contemporary but mm-hmm. there yeah there there's not I, I guess I had no nostalgia to it in you know in the first place in terms of having heard it upon release but um yeah there's it's all a lot of it is new music to me to my ears which is I'm almost embarrassed about because there's over 30 odd tunes on it and like 35 songs and it's kind of like oh my gosh why why do i know so few of these <laughs> well i think a lot of them well especially the beginning section of it where it spends a lot of its time at, uh for the first few tracks uh going through a lot of those sort of like classic jungle sounds yeah. jungle and drum and bass well okay trying to recenter the conversa- conversation mm-hmm. So what what were your initial impressions of it listening to it with a fresh set of ears? Yeah, well um I I I I love it. I I 100% uh love it. I I got to say the the final kind of 25 minutes were really when I kind of just totally fell in love with it. Oh really? Uh, it, yeah, it, it really mellows out uh at that point. I'm trying to think for, I think from um the Joanna Law uh, version of first time I ever saw your face, obviously Roberta Flack. I think from around that point on, it was sort of like, oh, this is we've hit a new part. You know, we're we're closing the night out now. Yeah, uh, and uh, I thought that that the sort of the 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 mellowy part of it, I just oh, lush as hell. Yeah, so I've jotted down songs, and it's kind of like right, I need to explore these a little bit more. Yeah, uh, the section the- from basically like Luke Slater's blend with uh the song grace to the first time right. I saw, uh, the first time yeah. i saw your face joanna law which is just an acapella by the way yeah oh okay all right yeah okay it's, uh, and yeah. That, the the backing track is the uh luke slater song right okay and then it flips into that really mellow uh fotech track which is completely different from what I think a lot of people would associate early Fotec as being. Because he was right. one of the biggest names in early to mid-90s uh, jungle and drum and bass. But uh, yeah, no, I think you pointed to something that I wanted to mention about this DJ mix that really stuck out to me. At least as far as I've always approached doing a DJ mix, I've always started on more of the the mellow and experimental side of things. And then sort of uh, usually sort of imagine it as a bit of a bell curve sort of situation where the energy really sort of peaks at the middle and then slowly starts dwindling down uh, as the 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 mix comes to a close and the one thing that i've always thought was really interesting and in a way almost sort of uh ballsy is the fact that it just jumps straight out the gate with the uh the high energy jungle tracks Yeah. yeah and there there's a certain energy that i think most people wouldn't be confident enough to sort of approach a DJ mix in that way. Yeah, you're right. It is, it is, it's incredibly explosive, isn't it? The way yeah. it kind of well, uh, and it, starts. There, there, there's a total ebb and flow to it as well, because it, it has these peak and, va- 
peaks and valley moments where as the energy ramps up, it'll throw you a curveball and then start mellowing out because it has those two little dips throughout the course of the mix where it goes into ambient territory and then we'll pick up again. And then it goes into, like you said, with the Joanna law situation and completely mellows out before sort of finishing off with sort of like a third peak. And then, uh, once again, once again, sort of petering off into the the sort of closing hours of what you would expect from like a club night. Yeah, it's it's it is great. It is it is it's its own journey. Uh, I think as any uh, solid mix is it always mm. has to kind of envisage itself being it's that dictating of uh, emotions and moods uh, as you kind of traverse these incredible. Uh, incredible variety of of genres which you know I mean it's incredibly difficult I can't you know I can I totally understand why it has the tag that it does Mm. Um, but I mean where were you when you first heard it so uh, all of this stems back to the early days of the internet I was uh, maybe you had uh, a similar period like this I was an all music fiend the, right. the website All Music. Yeah. So it, it all stems back from there. Just as I was getting into electronic music through a friend of mine, I would spend, one, once I found out about something, I would look it up on All Music and just go through similar artists or influenced by and just looking at every single name that was attached to that one artist that I knew. Right. And from there, I found out about Cold Cut. And then I saw this thing, Journeys by, DJ, Journeys by DJs, uh, 70 Minutes of Madness. And then looking at the review of it, like built all this hype around it for me to the point where I was becoming sort of obsessed about it and looking for it everywhere that I could. Wow. And while... Uh, hanging out at a used CD store. I think I was selling some CDs at the time. It was just uh, flipping through, and I found a copy of it for dirt cheap. I th- think I ended up paying only like five bucks for it. Oh, cool. And I was so excited. It was like this was the holy grail of DJ mixes. <laughs> and then it turned out that the, the hype was completely justified, and mm-hmm. I've been in love with uh, this mix ever since there's i mean i kind of i looked it up this is part of a quite extensive uh series of yeah. journeys by dj with with a huge amount of names from uh giles peterson paul oakenfold um judge jules danny Rampling getting some heavy hitters on the on sort of dance scenes now yeah um uh norman J uh as well there's there's currently 21 Jeez, wow. Oh, and they took a they took a huge gap. So it goes from 94, 95, uh, 96, 97, then 2001, 2002, and the last one was 2007. Well, I didn't realize um, that it had gone on for that long. I had looked it yeah. up too, but I, I didn't realize that the last release was in as late as 2007. Uh, yeah, it's actually listed as just as an MP3 uh, purchase, so there's no uh, discs or um attached to it seemingly anyway i don't mm. know if, if that has altered at all but um it's incredible how how expansive that series went on to become yeah and i it seemed to recall that it was a pretty highly regarded series of dj mixes i haven't listened to any of the other ones for myself although i would right. be really curious to hear the uh the giles peterson or the norman j one because i would assume well, both of them would have pretty top-notch selections. Well, to 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 whet your appetite even more, it's a combined one. Uh, it's oh, number fifteen. Okay. It's Norman J and Giles Peterson on the same one. Uh, it's Desert Island mix. So um, yeah. yeah, two discs, ninety-seven. So yeah, that may be one to look up for both of us as well. Mm. I mean, Giles Peterson's nineties mixes. I mean, there's quite a lot of nineties compilations as well. Uh, mm. There is quite a lot out there, isn't there? So, um, well, yeah, and gonna... I, 
I, I think one thing that really helps cold cut sort of differentiate themselves for someone from someone like Norman Jay or Giles Peterson, I can't really speak to uh, Norman Jay all that much, but Giles Peterson really isn't known for his mixing expertise, but I mean, no knock on him. His selection is absolutely top notch. And right. there's a reason that he's as highly regarded as he is, but the, seamless blend of tracks on the uh the cold cut mix is another thing that's just so draw dropping draw dropping on it that uh it, no go ahead no no i was just gonna say you abs- you're absolutely right i mean i i guess for me again not knowing the song so i i i've made a note on the joanna law song but i think i'm now looking for a song that doesn't exist because it's an acapella like you said yeah and i i didn't know it was specifically attached to the song before it so um yeah so i i suppose when you don't know a large majority of the songs you can't really hear mm-hmm. what what's the song and what's where the DJ is, is, is working magic, you know, when you, if you, if you're unfamiliar with the song. So I'm, I'm probably losing out, I think in, in that sense as well. Yeah. Because I know one of the things that, um, drew my attention to this mix in the first place was looking at the track list. And this was really at the beginning of when I started getting into a lot of uh, house music, techno, and electronic music. Right. The first name that stuck out to me was Richie Houghton's Plastic Man with the track right. Fook. I was like, how are you combining what is <laughs> really hardcore Detroit techno with these uh, seemingly completely unrelated hip-hop tracks and making it work together and it, yeah. it's one of the early on highlight moments from the mix for me is hearing how those tracks fit together and then the way that it moves from uh, Plastic Man into Cold Cuts, More Beats, which it's a track that I'm not that familiar with, but it is definitely in that late 80s, early 90s Cold Cut sound. And it, it was yeah. just, it was kind of beyond comprehension at that time. How would you even have thought to put these completely unrelated genres together and certainly genres that seemingly have no business being mixed together and making it work this well? Yeah, I think that's when you know you're listening to you know, I, I I remember the first time I kind of really got an inkling of what a DJ does. Yeah, uh, was the first time I saw DJ Jazzy. Je- well, excuse me, I've only seen him once, but DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when he released his BBE Records, um, sort of inverted commas solo mm-hmm. uh, album, The Magnificent, which is an album I adore. It's just it, it was funny that it was attributed to him being a solo record when he's not on a lot of the songs like it's his production team that have you know that sort of helmed the majority of of that record so it was anyway that's a smaller side but he he toured uh at the jazz cafe um and he he came over and it was amazing he had a full band he had uh, eric roberson was there he had um another a female vocalist his name escapes me um he had a chef word who was a rapper on on the album he was there it was a packed stage uh and he's on the on the decks throughout the whole thing and after about an hour everyone you know everyone on the stage leaves and jeff says right my turns can i have a go now and everyone cheers and he just he he owned the room yeah for about he he kind of played for about 30 minutes just him on on the and the place the energy was great in terms of people loving the band and everything but it magnified when it was just him and he was playing he put pop records in he put records i didn't even like and he, the way he, he just segued everything you just kind of you totally acknowledged what an art form uh you know live mixing live djing what an art form it is and i've never referred to myself as a dj solely because of that night because there's nothing i could ever 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 aim to achieve that would rival 
that level of just mastery for for the art form in general yeah that uh, almost uh superhuman level of music knowledge and being able to take something that you wouldn't normally consider playing and recontextualizing it and making it taking a track that most people probably wouldn't like but placing it into a certain context and making everyone just go absolutely nuts for it i think is one of the uh what one of the more underappreciated uh one of the more underappreciated things about what a real good really good dj can do yeah and and it's that it's that that context as you said like if you if you open the night with Mm -hmm. that song you've lost everyone yeah do you know what I mean? You but you put it in the right place at the right time, and it's it's courage because you could you still run the risk of losing everyone. But if you are you 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 have you play it with the confidence of no, this belongs here, and I'm going to make you like this. Uh, it's just it's a magical thing to see people respond to. Yeah, it really really is. It's sort of a brief little aside. Uh, we used to do an event with. Uh, uh, a bun- it was kind of a mix of both uh, foreigners and DJ and uh, Japanese DJs working together. And one of my friend, uh, one of my friends who I still do events with to this day, uh, I can't remember what he started off the night with, but it, shortly after his set started, just out of nowhere, he started playing My Sharona by The Knack. Wow. And- <laughs> Everyone went insane. My gosh. In any context where he had just started the night off by playing that yeah. song, I'm sure it would have absolutely killed the night. But the lead up to it and then just almost being blindsided by it, where everybody was looking at each other like, are, are you serious? You're playing yeah. this right now? And then everyone just sort of accepting it and being like, actually, this is kind of brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. And it changes your perception of that song forever. Oh, absolutely. Even if you you hated it, even if you hated it, it's you'll go forward and you'll love it forever. I I never really had strong opinions on it. uh, For, I never really had strong opinions on that song, but now because of that context, I'm absolutely in love with that song. And there's a, sort of a nostalgic attachment to it now. Wow. That must have been amazing. Oh, it, it, it was an absolutely incredible moment. I remember looking at uh, the other, one of the other organizers and just being like, is, is he real? Is he seriously doing this right now? <laughs> and then just looking after I looked over at him, I looked at the crowd and everyone was going nuts for it. <laughs> Have you ever, do you ever approach it like that when you've, when you've played out? Do you ever kind of think, right, I've got to get one or two in that's just going to completely catch people off guard? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I used to have a couple of go-to songs when I was doing more sort of all music nights where there wasn't really that much structure mm-hmm. where I, I would bring out uh, just out of left field, uh, David Bowie's Let's Dance. And inevitably, right. it was always the the killer app for the night. Everybody always wow. went crazy for it. That's awesome. What do you what, what do you precede that one with? I usually just did sort of like a hard stop and uh, w- would play it straight from the beginning, right? Just so you it would give uh, it would bring maximum attention to the song. Wow. So, and every time, and it became almost Pavlovian at one point because every time (laughs) that I did it, like people would be like, oh, it's David Bowie and and lose their minds. 
the the always the hardest part was trying to figure out what to play after it though yeah that's an interesting one as well yeah. i suppose you could go into the the the, the puffy riff mm. uh of of it as well but mm. i don't know that's yeah what do you find no I, I i could never do that in good conscience conscience <laughs> that i could oh, <laughs> that, Not that, 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 that is definitely cr- the, one of the major musical crimes against humanity right there what that one song or puffy in general <laughs> oh, well no take your pick <laughs> what's your you've kind of already answered this already with the kind of the all music uh stuff but wh- wh- where are you at with 90s music in general do you have a deep-seated affection for it i know from a hip-hop perspective that you know there are there are this music there that you still draw to for raw select shows mm-hmm. uh, i mean it, it it's all it all depends some of it is definitely a nostalgic factor some of it is uh stuff stuff that i've learned to appreciate over the years some of it i think really uh still holds up holds the test of time which bringing it back to like some of the cold cut stuff on this DJ mix, some of those tracks mm. have uh, aged like mayo in a hot summer day. <laughs> but I, 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 okay. I let, no, no, none, none of it is a deal break. None of the stuff that really sounds super dated to me uh, really, uh, None of it really bother. None of it really bothers me, right? So, like the the is strangely on the mix. I think the cold cut tracks are actually some of the weaker moments on the on the record. Oh wow! So, are you familiar with their music in general? I, I'm familiar with uh, not not that much actually. Hmm. Because I, I mean, no, I'm aware of them, but no. Because the truth be told, a lot of their production stuff isn't really all that interesting. Like, I, I, it was sort of revolutionary at the time, but has really just not aged very well at all. Like, looking at the, the track listing stuff, I can immediately recall like more beats, uh, beats and pieces, the, the greedy beat, which uses, uh, that famous reggae sample that I can't think of off the top of my head, but like where the mix really takes off again, not that any of those tracks are particularly bad. They're just not as interesting as some of the other highlights on there. Like uh, mixing into Mantronics King of Beat King of the Beats, right? Which is one of my all-time favorite tracks. Amazing. That I I used to have a uh, back when I used to kind of deal in routines. I had uh, created sort of a sloppy blend of mixing Jump Around by uh, who is that? House of Pain. Thank you. House of Pain and uh, blending it in from the chorus with the intro to King of the Beats of Mantronics and trying wow. to see how long I could keep that that blend going for. And it's a it's a really interesting track because uh, a lot of the, that Mantra, Mantronic sound uh, Mantronic sound song is uh, the BPM is not set. It wavers all over the place. So it, it's not a really easy song to sort of blend two tracks together. Right. Do they have a, an extensive catalog, do you know, cold cut of sort of DJ mixes? Not. That they put together? Um, no. So, so not, not recorded mixes, but... Like I, I ended up doing uh, refreshing myself a little bit before we jumped into this conversation. So apparently, this mix was born out of the their Solid Steel radio show. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Uh, it was on Kiss, I think, right? Were Maybe I, I'm not sure of where it was being broadcasted out of, but right. So along with Ninja Tune, 
Coldcut was an early adopter of internet streaming. Actually, one of the first artists and labels to really get into that space. And they they were doing, of course, radio broadcasting with the Solid Steel radio show and uh, also live streaming it uh, even as early as, like, I think the mid-90s. You but, could live stream in the mid nineties. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, there's uh, there's an interview that I'd love everyone to check out after they listen to Cold Cut talking about uh, the the early days of them, the label, uh, Solid Steel Radio Show, and it, it is really interesting for as much as I don't think musically they're all that interesting, some of the ahead of their time ideas that they had is really, really interesting. And the office that they had moved the Ninja Tune uh, headquarters into was one of the first high-speed internet uh, connections in... Oh, wow. Is far as I could tell, like the entire world. So they were doing uh, internet broadcasting basically before anyone was able to listen to it. My gosh, it's amazing. So yeah, it, it's I think uh, mix mag cold cut interview uh, is uh, it, it's a much more interesting uh, conversation than I, I could ever have about the, the history of their music. And it's immensely fascinating how they uh, have jumped on a lot of technological trends before anybody else. Mm. They've been going since like the mid eighties. Yep. So that, that perception yep. and that perspective would be fascinating considering everything they would have seen, you know, from as far back as the mid eighties, which is amazing. Yeah, the, the you, you do you know the track that made them uh, famous in the first place? Uh, no remix. Oh, was it um, Eric B? Yes, and Rakim, Rakim wasn't it? B. Yeah, Rakim was the mix that basically put them on the map. Right. Which, yeah. interestingly enough, I can't remember if it was Rakim or Eric B came out and said that they were never a fan of that remix. Oh no, really? Yes. Oh wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. So, the, oh wow, well, it's all uncool. But well, um, well, I, I think, I, I think, if I remember correctly, and if I'm misquoting anyone here, I, I, I highly apologize. But I think what ended up happening was the remix ended up becoming more popular than the, the original track. So people would actually, uh, especially DJs, would more commonly play the cold cut remix over the original version of the song. And I think they got upset that the, uh, the original track was being overshadowed. Wow. But, so I apologize. I'm jumping all over the place. So no, no, it's, 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 it's fascinating. It's really interesting how, how it kind of works. I had a a conversation with someone recently about sort of the idea of putting up your music for, Mm. I guess, uh, interpretation from from someone completely different, you know, and and, and with the subsequent consequences of what that could mean for the the original creator of the music. And um, it it is always interesting. You don't often hear stories about someone openly saying, no, hated it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Especially if it's more popular. I'd be curious to see if I could uh, dig that quote up, but I definitely remember seeing it somewhere. Mm. Oh, wow. That is interesting. But sort of bringing it all back to get, uh, bringing it all back to where I was starting from. So the Solid Steel radio show was basically the, uh, the beginnings of where the 70 Minutes of Madness mix came from. So at the time it was Cold Cut, which is Jonathan Moore and Matt Black. Okay. would eventually be joined by, uh, I can't remember his name, so I'll just go with his moniker, PC, and then Strictly Kev, who is actually the only active member of DJ Food now. I think he's absorbed the name. And they were making mixes for the Solid Steel radio show. And the whole thing about the Solid Steel radio show was they would 
try to mix as many uh, desperate genres together and try to make something coherent. And what they were doing was uh, taking like 15 or 20 minute chunks and uh, saying, oh, I've got this 20 minute mix of tracks that I think works really, really well. Well, and I, I've got this 20 minute mix that I think really works really, really well. And then they would start trying to figure out ways that they could connect those two little chunks together. And just over time, that's what ended up uh, helping help form the uh, 70 minutes of madness mix. Right. Well, did they ever respond to the the notion that their uh that this mix has been hailed as like the greatest of all time because i think it it won an award for like best compilation i was reading about it earlier for like in 98 which is only three years after its release mm. but the fact that we're having this conversation you know 25 years uh later is 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 it's pretty incredible uh it's, an, it's a staggering achievement is, is it something that you've ever read where they responded to that kind of accolade I'm sure I've read, I'm sure I've seen something about it somewhere, but nothing's really springing to mind at the moment. I was reading an old, uh, Quietus, I think is the name. It's a UK publication, isn't it? The quietus.com. But it's a great interview. Unfortunately, I've only sort of glossed over it the last, I've only sort of glanced over it the last week or so before we uh, set this thing up. But they talk quite a bit uh, in depth into the creation of the uh, 70 Minutes of Madness mix. Yeah. It's definitely, that, yeah. it's definitely worth looking into. I think from what I can remember seeing in the interview, there was a feeling that this was just – this kind of mix was going to happen regardless and it wasn't like they were approaching it from the standpoint of we are making history by making this mix. Right. No, but you, know, you never could. How could you? Yeah. Uh, you know, some people suffer from delusions of uh, grandeur. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, fine choice for um, kind of a project to, to revisit. Like I said, I, I never imagined it would be, so I'm covering a, a DJ mix, so I uh, I applaud your selection. Yeah, I well, one, it was sort of spur of the moment. I wasn't sure if you'd actually bite on it or not, but I it, I was really kind of curious as you're like I'm coming from this in uh, sort of a quote unquote DJ perspective. I don't know how much I'd actually call myself a DJ at this point. Um, and you're coming at from a standpoint of somebody who really just kind of uh, mostly just listens to albums and tracks and stuff like that. So I, I thought it would be really interesting to sort of get your uh, your perspective uh, your perspective on this mix. Yeah, well, I, I guess, like I said, I would I love I would have loved to have listened to it from a DJ perspective of hearing what they were doing. But the thing is, I like I said, I didn't know the songs, so uh, sort of going back to that Joanne Lord song, I didn't know it was even a acapella. So um, I, I suppose I'm kind of missing a, an element uh, in terms of a, a, a true kind of appreciation for the, the mastery involved of what they've done here. Cause so many of these songs were completely new to me, which is kind of embarrassing. Cause I consider myself a bit of a nineties fiend. Mm-hmm. So, um, to, to have so much, uh, stuff included here that I was like, wow, this is, this is new. This is completely new to me. Um, again, I'm not a drum and bass and jungle guy, mm-hmm. but, um, I suppose I was around during that time. So, um, I, yeah. Uh, but none of that stuff stuck out to me at all but uh but yeah so and again from the, the song selection but i suppose what what actually what i can say has hit me the most was just that kind of that that traveling between from genre um as as insane as as that it may look on paper mm. just their ability to kind of encapsulate the amount of diff the, the scope of genres that they did is is incredible and obviously anyone listening to it can can deduce that right like 
I even early on, because uh, w- the, w- the by the time that I had gotten into this, uh, that I had started listening to this DJ mix, I was just starting to really become interested in DJing. And mm-hmm. what, the one thing that I wanted to ask you, did you even notice the uh, pitch down from the uh, King Asher Banner, Asher Banner Pal track to the Jedi Knights track? Because I remember that being like the holy shit moment for me the first time that I had heard that. Because that that moment was that moment where it, it goes from uh, your you know tip, typical double time jungle beat, and then you hear it switch from forty five right. RPM down to thirty three, and you could hear almost like the pitch slider being put all the way down <laughs> to the end and hearing it done so seamlessly was yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time, like the most insane thing that I, I had ever heard a DJ do. And I think it's actually mentioned in that quietest interview that was uh, strictly Kev or it was either strictly Kev or PC who had that idea that they had been toying around with it in their DJ sets as a way to transition from uh, super fast jungle music down to a uh, typical sort of 90 BPM uh, hip hop. The hip hop selection was, was, was super cool as well. Mm. Um, I, I actually, I having said that just to veer off a little bit, I think when you initially pitched this, I, I assumed it would be an all hip hop, uh, selection so I, I, it's almost impressed me more the fact that it's that it wasn't I, I honestly thought you'd be gravitating to it to to more hip-hop based projects as well well I, yeah that it, the, yeah the, in, hmm, I don't, how do I want to <laughs> I don't want to respond to that well I, I definitely want, will say that uh what one of early on one of the tracks that I immediately fell in love with from this mix was oddly enough, uh, the bridge is over by Boogie Down Productions. As awesome. soon as I heard that track, I was like, "This was the one of the first early hip hop songs that I wanted to have on vinyl." Wow. Well, one the uh, mix between the bridge is over yes. and Fotech and that sort of eerie. Uh, acid jazz, down tempo, trip hop, uh, atmosphere mixed in with Boogie Down Productions and KR- KRS One, just yeah. Yeah. absolutely mind blowing at the time. Yeah. But the other yeah. one that really stood out to me—I don't know if you remember this off the top of your head—is the uh, Jello Biafra uh, spoken word that sort of. Uh, Tent pulls the last third of the mix. Right, right, right. Me, uh, the, the message, um, message uh, the, from, from the sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. It was also one of my favorite moments in, in this mix. The use of yeah. spoken word in uh, this mix and it being done really, really well mm. is just another masterclass moment on this thing for me. Yeah. But I, yeah. actually, as someone uh, from the UK, how do you feel about the inclusion of the uh, the Doctor Who theme? Oh no! Well, I I suppose something like that dated it. I guess come to think of it, yeah, I kind of glossed over that before. But I, I liked it, and, and you got the, the the kind of I suppose the the snippets are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like those within DJ mixes in general. So you, we open with. Um, uh, the the, the Wu Tang esque kind of uh, exchange about uh, revenge for your father, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, and then when you put in the 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 Doctor Who kind of theme as well, it's uh, it is a it is an interesting touch. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That I think I again want. I'm sure I've heard it said somewhere that that was like one of their early claims to fame was figuring out a way to stuff the doctor who theme into their DJ mixes. And at the time 
that was mind blowing for a lot of people. And right. me listening back to this mix again, uh, pretty re- listening back to this mix right before this interview, that is the one part of this mix that really sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Oh, you didn't take to it. What I, I used to think it was amazing, but it, 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 right. it's, it's novelty is completely worn off for me. Okay. And it's the one part of the mix that I think has aged the aged the worse wow, outside okay. of some of the, uh, the cornier early uh, cold cut productions. Oh wow! Okay, actually, it, it, it brought a smile to me when it uh, when it came on. Hearing it for the first time, I, I kind of thought, okay. Oh, and for like, sure, I if kind of you're hearing it. it for the first time, I, it can sound like, "Wow, I really didn't expect that to happen." Yeah, but what once the uh, initial surprise of it wears off, it, uh, it 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 just becomes like a cheap party gag. And it's just right. it doesn't it doesn't hold the uh, the 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 same weight, right? Yeah, yeah. But that, that that's the only low point from nearly forty tunes. I think that's that's still admirable. Yeah, no, very, very much so. Yeah, I, I, it's still going back to and listening to this mix. I forgot how much it really had an impact on. Uh, not only my musical taste, but how I've tried uh, to varying degrees of success uh, approach DJ mixes of trying to find a way to connect music that probably has no right uh, being mixed together, but right. still trying to find a way that I can weave as many different genres into a DJ set as possible. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one thing that's really uh, another thing that's really interesting about this DJ mix is it really points to that early period of uh, the early 90s, late 80s, where electronic music and hip hop was still uh, pointing to the inspiration for a lot of the tracks, right. the use of those old school samples and how it, it it feels like it hadn't music hadn't become quite as specialized as it is now okay yeah does that does that make sense yeah i think so yeah like, yeah it, it is yeah i mean there's so much more i guess so much of it now is kind of you mean like inspired off of different different genres i mean the, the, i suppose the fusion element of it then but back then mm-hmm. music you know genres were still finding themselves weren't they Particularly, exactly you know, that, that was, electronica yeah that that's what i was that's what i was getting at where mu- yeah. music these days seems uh, especially like looking at it in uh in terms of a lot of the instrumental hip-hop stuff that i play in the radio shows and the live streams a lot of it just feels so. Uh, uh, wait, how, how's the best? What's the best way to say it? It, it? it feels like it's its own little universe, and it only right. points to itself. Right. Whereas uh, hip hop back in the day and electronic music back in the day was really pointing to a lot of the music that helped uh form a lot of uh, a lot of these early a lot of these early tracks Mm, and i think there's a an element of i I think there's an element of the music like that in this mix that i kind of miss and i'm almost sort of nostalgic for yeah absolutely i mean there's a nice trip-hop section in here as well and Mm. i mean that's you know, so this came out in '95. So trip hop has it's been out a few years at this point, but mm. I suppose in many ways it doesn't have much long left uh, to kind of go before it's it's '90s era, yeah, uh, kind of phased out and morphed into different things. But um, 
yeah it's 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 inclusion of that within here is something as well that works very very well mm. um yeah in relation to everything else so yeah well, do you yeah. can you recall I, like i don't know how much you were paying attention to trip hop uh in the sort of years where it was really uh gaining popularity but do you remember like the the tipping point where people were just like okay enough no more <laughs> no but I don't remember there being a, a backlash to trip hop, was there? <laughs> There's certain following the uh, music press for, throughout the years. It really did seem like there was a point where it had become fashionable to just shit on uh, trip hop at some point, right? <laughs> and I, someone had posted, I think it was on Facebook, a link to. Uh, Six Underground by Sneaker Pimps. And that okay. <laughs> and that right there was like, okay, trip hop has run its course. Right. <laughs> Although the, it is literally the only song by uh, Sneaker Pimps that I can tolerate. Right. But I listening to other tracks on that album, I think it's what, Revolution X or something like that? It's something X. And um. listening to some of the other tracks... It really was just like, yeah, th- this trip hop thing is definitely done and over. It <laughs> needs to be buried quickly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I, I was probably just that fraction too young for to to kind of remember, <laughs> to, to have experienced that kind of uh, that backlash towards it. But uh, no, that that's that's funny. <laughs> I'm very happy you picked this one because it was it was a lot of fun to kind of spend some time kind of going through it and um I don't know I think getting quite a lot more music to kind of to kind of want to explore as a result as well so mm. uh so yeah I I did thoroughly enjoy it I think you made a great um a great suggestion was there any like with a label or or cold cut themselves were they doing anything is there anything online that where they're commemorating this as a 25 uh yeah kind of anniversary or was that something that you just deduced from the the release date well no actually it was literally just because i've been uh collecting old dj food records and uh while i was doing research for uh a video that hopefully i will have done pretty soon talking about the history of Ninja Tune, Cold Cut, and amazing, uh, and uh, DJ Food. I, I it just occurred to me. I was like, you know, I haven't listened to seventy minutes for seventy minutes of madness in a long time. And as soon as I had that uh, inclination, I was just like, oh, I got to listen to this again. And then after mm-hmm. that, I checked up on the release date, and I was like, oh, this came out in ninety uh, five. Oh, 25th anniversary. Hey, conversation piece. <laughs> I think that was literally my thought process going into this. But in terms uh, of them talking about it, surprisingly, I haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. And that's even more interesting because half the reason that I started this uh, DJ Food uh, research project is that uh, Ninja Tunes celebrating 30 years this year. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. No, they started in uh, 1990. And, and one, one thing that's really interesting about uh, th- this mix in particular is I think 95 was about the time that Cold Cut uh, got the rights back to the name because it was originally tied up in major label Limbo with uh, their major label deal that they were doing with all the the remix and production stuff for Eric B. and Rakim and Queen Latifah. Uh, When Ninja Tune first started, the reason the DJ Food name came about was because uh, they, they couldn't use Cold Cut as a name. So, well, we needed to figure out uh, a way around this and then they're like well let's make dj centered uh, re- uh albums and records okay well we'll consider this like feeding the dj so dj food was born out of that 
But yeah, no, surprisingly, it doesn't seem like they're really celebrating that hmm. this that celebrating this release that much this year. Oh well, well, kind of a shame. So we're we're doing yeah. the work for them. We are doing the work for them. That would be the tagline. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, if no, if so nobody cool. else is going to celebrate landmark releases like this, who will? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> so, I, you know, one thing I, I completely neglected to mention to you, um, the notion that we, you know, in our other podcast conversations, we get to close on a song. Oh. And I never mentioned that to you. I think I just, I don't know, I didn't consider it, but... Hmm. I mean, if you had to close from something here, like in our traditional vein, what 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 number from what what track from from this project would you send people home with? Oh, oh wow! Oh, that's Look, cool. I'm springing that on you. Don't worry, take your time. Oh no, 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 no! I no, edit I, the I, lengthy pause. <laughs> well, since we are closing this, since we are uh, closing out this conversation, it seems appropriate that we'd use the final track from the DJ mix. And okay. since I've been in a uh, bit of a DJ food uh, mode as of late, let's use the last track on the mix, which is The Dusk by DJ Food. Fantasy with honor. Freedom with honor. You can't do anything you like. Huh? Well, now, music is the same. Yes, fantasy as much as you like, but with honor.